G.I. Joe Sigma-6, code name for a highly trained special mission force. Its objective, stop Cobra, stop Cobra. Sigma-6, be a hero. G.I. Joe will turn the tide. Be a hero. Sigma-6 is on your side. Be a hero. Be the best of the best. Whenever there's a mission, G.I. Joe is there. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show, doing an episode of Sigma-6. Finally, the band is back together. Strike up the Sigma-6 intro. That seems brand new to me. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanus. I am Robert Clark Chan. Oh, you Chan, for a second, was going to pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gina Ivalito. We almost lost Chan right now. His whole life flashed before his eyes. You know, I tell myself that a lot. Like every time we do an episode of this show, basically, I'm like, is this the one we're going to lose Robert Clark Chan on? But then I do have a sudden realization. And that's that. I mean, Chan, what else are you going to do? Nine more yeah. podcasts? Come on. There were like, there was a sliding doors moment there where I feel like um, the universe split. And uh, uh, <laughs> the other version of me was just like, <sighs> and then oh, I see, ended I, up and walked out the door. I was thinking of it like the scene in Batman where Alfred is like, oh, I have a dream for you that one day I see you in a cafe and we don't say anything to each other and you're just happy. And then at the end of the movie, that's what Chris, Christian Bale sees him and he sort of gives him a little nod with his wine glass because he's happy. Is Is that how it went down? I think it is, but then by the next movie, he's not happy again. Because <laughs> he's still got to be Batman. Right. Can't just be off in a French cafe with, I want to say, some version of Catwoman. I don't remember the movie that well. <laughs> who, who remembers? Who remembers the third one at all, honestly? Nobody. Nobody at all. Uh, I still enjoy both Tom Hardy and Anne Hathaway, two of my favorite actors, honestly. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that film. Regardless, I, of what I enjoyed it. I I oh didn't mean. God. I just I just my my memory is short these days, as no. is my life. I because we're never doing been, this podcast. I have never been. Mm-hmm. I have. I, I was very disappointed in that movie. I came in with mild expectations, and it fell like a wet fart pretty much every step of the way. I never believed Tom Hardy's Bane for a minute. It, every every line he said in the entire movie sounded like VO work. Like it was just ADR because it didn't even seem to match what he was doing like on screen. It was just awful. What a terrible you believe, movie. You didn't believe he was born in the darkness? Did not. I believe he was born in full light. That's how much uh, I did not buy. And I love Tom Hardy, it turns out. I love you, Anne Hathaway probably even more than Tom Hardy. You I gotta don't know watch what the Harley Quinn episode of episode where he's he's in the pit and he's like really trying to make it a happy pit for everyone. They've got mm-hmm. stand up down there. It's funny. It's funny. He's got a he's got a talent show down there. He's got the a spa. Pit. He's really he's really trying to do a lot with the pit in this episode of Harley Quinn. It's hilarious. Yeah. When 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 the biggest the best moment of the movie is when Heinz Ward, star of the Pittsburgh Steelers, scores a touchdown as the field is uh, falling apart behind him. Uh, that was the highlight picture. of the movie for me. The what? Um, the movie no where they blow up no the football stadium. What, what are you Ray talk- is talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean? That was a very famous football player at that time uh, who who caught a lot of balls, and he was the athlete in the scene where that you remember when the stadium like implodes. Everybody remembers that. That's the highlight of the movie. 
We are doing an episode of G.I. Joe. Now, last time we did one, we thought we were doing an episode called Race, but then it all of the explanation for the episode that came after it was uh, seemingly for an episode called Jungle. So the last time we did G.I. Joe, we did an episode called Race, or is it Jungle? So welcome to episode seven of Sigma Six, Jungle, or is it Race? Because Jungle is the official title on the YouTube page for G.I. Joe Sigma Six that uh, that the, what Hasbro or whoever put out. Except that this is very much the description of the episode that's known as race. So, and and it's not like they put a title card with the episode name of it on the actual episode. We may never know. So welcome to Jungle, or is it race? And I, for one, feel like uh, they didn't deal with race well here. You know, uh, I, I want to say that it aged poorly. <laughs> Jesus. But, um, In the calendar notes where it said jungle and then dot, 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 or race, question mark, I thought that that was you, Chan, making some political commentary. <laughs> and I was very confused. Yeah, well, if Robert Clark Chan was picking Sigma 6 episodes in the order he chose, obviously the one called race would have been the first one we watched. Yes, mm-hmm. Just yes. Just go ahead yeah. and keep it real. I don't have been super disappointed. <laughs> yes, they don't do anything with racial issues at all, uh, at all. In fact, I don't even really honestly see a race in the uh, chasing each other sense, really. I guess a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, uh... it was pretty. The, well, the, the the idea was there was a rock that everybody was trying to get to first. Yeah. But they didn't do, there wasn't like any tension that like, no, yeah. uh, it was like, oh, they're already there. Well, let's figure out how to get yeah. it away from them. Yeah, and they they keep they kept getting like very minor sidetracks for a long period of time. (laughs) If you're gonna if you're gonna name a title race, I want some amazing race shit. I want Mm -hmm. like teams each trying to get that rock for a different reason. I want like Cobra, the Joes, and then like a freelancer, like maybe the Dreadnoughts hired by Louise in a hospital van. Yeah, I want Mr. Bean. Uh, I want Dick Dastardly and Muttley chasing Penelope Pitstop. That's what I want out of that episode. I like that we all went with different. I went with the movie Rat Race. Yeah, I went with Cannonball Run. Uh, Chan went with Cannonball Run, and Ray went with a show made for three-year-olds. This is all on brand. Hanna-Barbera. For reals, man. (laughs) 1968. We've done it on this show. Yeah, I know. I love it, but I just wanted to make fun of you. Yeah, no, you were correct. What, what's, to do new? So. what's new, really? <laughs> that holds up. Uh, so here we go. We're doing uh, Sigma Sigma. Now, well, first question I have is, uh, okay, we actually have a little bit of a cold open, which is a uh, high tech says, you know, we got a situation here. Um, I have, we found a remote, a remote swamp. We found, heard a strange power. We're kind of getting vibes from it. And it feels like the same type of like uh, radio radioactive send off i don't know but it, they they get the same signals as when it's the sigma 6 gear and so they say uh apparently and this is new science to me sigma 6 gear is powered off of sigma crystals sigma rocks and this is a rare substance apparently yeah i don't Wait, care didn't for we this, get this because a couple- episodes ago with the new suits wasn't there an episode i mean it has been a long time but wasn't there an episode where they were like, hey, we made new suits for everybody? Yes. Yes. But they didn't say what it was powered off of. No, they didn't. And oh. that's that's the problem that I have is like all of a sudden there's this new mythology that like it's powered by some like magic rock that we've never heard of before. Uh, and that's why it's called Sigma as opposed to just like being like, yeah, this is, you know, we tested a bunch of uh, 
suits, and there was the Alpha series and the Beta series, the you know Delta but series. But also, so. still no definition for why they're called six. Nope. There's nothing. Uh, nothing. Nothing relates to six. There's not six suits. There's not six element. I don't know. It's just not there. But like they call it Sigma Energy, and then you know they're like, uh, um, if uh, Cobra gets the Sigma Energy, then they're gonna, you know be unstoppable or whatever and i'm yeah. like wait wait, 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 wait. um e- either you get to this earlier or you say like i've realized that this thing that i you know put into the suits actually is this th- other thing and um you know it was like explain some of it yeah uh also if you go down the wrong youtube rabbit hole you'll learn a lot more about sigma energy is Just for the record uh, well, I mean, here's a, th- there's an actual like business thing, isn't it? Sigma six or six sigma six sigma. Um, so it's already confusing as hell. Yes. Uh, uh I, I, you know what? Maybe this was Hasbro coming in and being like, "Hey, we want to sell cool crystals to boys." Mm-hmm. Can oh, okay. You, can you pretend, you know, like like in, in Star Wars, all of a sudden they were like, hey, lightsabers have kyber crystals in them. And then all of a sudden people were like, oh, damn, I need a kyber crystal when I build my own lightsaber. It's true. I do <laughs> now, remember that time, that like, time in 2005 when for a very brief period of time, the president of Hasbro was Marianne Williamson. Mm, yeah. Those crystals on everybody. <laughs> So what you're saying is that the, this is the uh, 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 GI Joe to QAnon pipeline. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I bet I bet that pipeline exists. You know what? I I said it as a joke, and I'm kind of concerned now. <laughs> it's real. You guys don't know this. That new Jim Caviezel movie has a GI Joe Easter egg in the last like 10 seconds of the movie. <laughs> I want to talk to you that's about the GI Joe initiative. Of all the people to spoil that movie for, our audience, for shame, sir. <laughs> Gina, that movie made $150 million and literally not one body was in a theater to see it. How'd that happen? It's kind of <laughs> weird. You can't well, spoil uh, something for something <laughs> no one's ever going to see. There was that one Jagoff senator um, or congressperson that was like, uh, yeah, this movie made like uh, like $14 billion or something. Like some absurd amount of money, like more money than, uh, um, you know, like the movie industry makes at a time or something like yes. that. Uh, listen, uh, for those that don't know at home, there's a QAnon movie in theaters with Jim Caviezel. And uh, there don't are. Don't say certain... his name. Now you're going to get weird targeted ads. If I say it one more time, <laughs> he's going to appear behind me. And that's the Lord, Gina. So I'm happy about it. But uh, it's a QAnon movie about child trafficking. It's basically a ripoff of Taken. Uh, but it's, you know, very, very culty. And uh, if you don't know at home, essentially it's made like, I believe, $150 million. Yet it's if you go to if, if you go to any theater that's showing it, there's no one in there. But all the tickets are bought because there's some sort of political operative and operation there. I guess if you spend the money on one side, you could just get it back on the other side if you have it to spend. It's the and MLM so of, yeah. of Hollywood movies. You know, I was at I was at an event the other night and I was chatting with people about uh insane actors and superheroes as uh, I am known to do. By event sure. you mean uh one of your adrenochrome parties where you <laughs> 
drinking the blood of uh, infants. In the yeah, that's that why I didn't specify because I didn't want you guys to get weird targeted ads. <laughs> uh, Too late. But I was talking about Dean Kane and and this applies to Jim Caviezel too. Uh, like those dudes could have just. I remember when Dean Kane showed up in Supergirl, like married to Helen Slater as Supergirl's parents. Yeah. That was and nice. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I should rewatch Lois and Clark. And it's then true. he was insane. He proved yeah. himself to be insane. Mm-hmm. Like Jim Caviezel starred in a movie that people were like, wow, this dude is great. He could have just ridden that wave, taken normal acting roles and been a normal, non-crazy human being in in public. Like, do whatever you want in private, Jim Caviezel. And, like, people would be like, oh, gosh, this guy's great. But instead, now, for the rest of his life, he's insane to everyone. I still think he's great. Person of Interest was an absolutely marvelous show. What is wrong with you? How many children do you have locked up in your basement right now? (laughs) Uh, Listen, uh, many, and Jim Caviezel will come by to save them later. I'm hoping (laughs) I would like to meet the Lord. That is is very clear on my bucket list. Children until Jim Caviezel shows up. That's my supervillain origin story. (laughs) That's his defense when he's finally captured. He's like, look, it would have stopped at one if not for if Jim Caviezel had been there on yeah. time. And they Jim, call me Mr. Glass. <laughs> how many kids do I need to kidnap in traffic before you show up at my house, Jim Caviezel? I'm doing it for you. <laughs> Ray is just kidnapping kids, ordering furniture from Wayfair, hoping. Yeah. My understanding was that Donald Trump would be here months ago to break up my racket, but no, he just kept asking for children. <laughs> Some of that. It's kind of kind of weird now that you bring it up. Anyway, is this a brand new intro for Sigma Six? Like it was weird. I don't remember the episode six uh, intro being quite this long. Maybe that's a clue. Uh, uh, also, having all this extra bullshit in there. Yes, I thought I, I thought that I just hadn't uh, been paying attention, uh, but then there was like a, a there were like little sound drops in there. I was like. Wait, I don't recognize this. Right. Note to self, don't try that again. What? Note to self? Is that a, was that a thing back then? Oh, absolutely. That was probably when it was the most popular. I I would say in 2005, note to self was, was totally a big thing. Yeah. People were writing notes to themselves constantly. Mm. Don't care for it. Not a fan. Well, you hate an entire decade then, sir. I hate several decades simultaneously. Every, and every with decade when you've been alive. <laughs> you guys, so I looked, just looked up what uh, what are the touchstone uh, phrases of 2005. And 2005 was the year that brought us blog and podcast as words mm-hmm. everybody knew, as well as something called life hacks. Ah. You don't know what life hacks? No, no. 2005 introduced us to life hacks, Gina. This yeah, is, I thought you were the premise saying... of the bit. What's happening right now? I thought... <laughs> <laughs> also, well, you, didn't, this you is, didn't make it clear. Uh, 2005 brought us red states and blue states because 2004 presidential election, they right. finally settled on that equaling a thing. Sudoku sure, sure. was a thing. Metrosexual, mean girls, hollaback girls, and truthiness all hit the lexicon in 2005. Finally, 2005 brought us Tom Cruise, 
jumping on the couch on the Oprah show. That's 2005 in pop culture. No note to self, but, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Probably started and, before that. If it's our, if it's already in GI Joe, it probably started a decade earlier, and this was I mean, just when the GI right. Joe writers found out about it. Yeah. I just thought that was a fun bit, a, a fun premise to run with. Except when Gina asked me if I just didn't know any of those things existed. No, because you started the bit out by saying, "Oh, it brought us these two words," like, and you didn't pretend you didn't know them. And then three words into the bit, you were like, "And something called this thing." Yeah, that's not that's, how bits work. Chance, that's exactly, that is up. literally exactly how bits work, Gina. What Chan? are you talking about? Chan? You know what? I'm sorry, but you were not paying attention, and Ray had a, a consistent bit that uh, wasn't that funny, but it was, it was you know, like um, it had a logical through line, so this one's on you. Yeah, thank you. Listen, don't, don't thank me, Ray. Do do not do that. They can't all be gems, but they can at <laughs> least be goddamn consistent. <laughs> if you enjoy this bit at home, give us a hashtag more lexicon bits, Ray. Okay. We're talking about yeah, Joe Sigma Six. Uh, also, right before the intro, somebody shouted, let's kick snake. And I don't think that one's going to catch on. Let's kick snake. Let's kick snake, he says, excitedly about to go on a mission. Oh, I see. I see. Because yeah. G- the, because Cobra is snake. Yes, that is correct. Let's <laughs> kick snake. Yeah, it didn't even land for <laughs> okay. you in this moment, no, much less on the show. Gina is completely checked out. Oh, I see. Cobra Gina's is done. snake. Yeah. Wow. We even look, started you, on time today. It's look, not like you we made Gina wait a half hour. You guys are lucky I'm awake and even kind of trying. <laughs> you know, to be fair, after the last week that you've had, I'm surprised you're here at all. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're not. Maybe this is an AI Gina that you set up ahead of time. <laughs> I mean, it would make sense. This AI does not get bits. And no. <laughs> or Gina's AI persona just things. doesn't understand things. Please explain <laughs> it to me like I'm Gina Ippolito. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so there's a swamp farmland that they need to find where the signal is coming from. Also, when Scarlet talks, did anybody else notice she suddenly has yes. a deep yes. southern accent? Yes. What? But, but am I crazy or did even in this episode, did it change several times? It went up and down a little bit. You're right. But I thought that it was like some sort of, you know, like like a person trying to do sort of a, a Boston accent during an improv show. And every once in a while, they forget that they were doing it. Uh, like, I didn't on. get southern at all. Oh, I def I definitely did. Let's see. Um, uh, yeah, I need some sound pulls here. Obviously, around here. I mean, Southern makes sense. She is Southern. According to High Tech's coordinates, the Sigma energy source is located here. That's Australian That's or Australian. Boston? That is so Australian. <laughs> yes, Gina, you are. <laughs> That's Australian, but and it- then like the here at the end is Boston. <laughs> Do you have any I- more lines? Because Good I want to hear a lot my- more now. We gotta uh, go over here, the car. They got all the Vegemite. <laughs> it changed even in that sentence. Who yes. is this? It seems like it seems like someone is trying to do a, a like a, oh, a really fast uh, comedy audition where it's like squeeze as many characters as you can out of this. Uh, do we have a uh, um, uh, a 
an actor for this because I'll look it up. It sounds to me like someone is trying to do a southern accent. Is that really what it sounds like? That it's like Australian actor, then it would make sense that like, oh, they're you know kind of like mixing or or even if it's like an Irish actor. And, you know, you it's like when you try and do Scottish and it's sort of like kind of Scottish, kind of German and kind of, you know, just oh. going all over the place. Oh, shit. Uh, Veronica Taylor is her name. She's an mm. American voice actress, best oh. known for the, her role as Ash Ketchum in Pokemon what? from 98 to 2006. Okay. Wow. So she did she did ask catch him in the Pokemon first movie. She played April O'Neil on the Ninja Turtles in a TV show from 2003 to 2009. Uh, I just have a feeling they asked her to do something she just wasn't very good at. And she absolutely is a trooper. She did her best. She's obviously talented. Yeah, I I don't know what happened here. I would like it if like someone like let's say one of the writers made her a bet like if like she came mm-hmm. into work one day and she was like oh I've been studying my lines all night and the writer was like listen you could fucking go in there and do five different kinds of accents and no one would care. This is for Hasbro to sell toys. And she'd be like, you know what? I'll take that bet. I think they're paying attention. And then she went in there and did five different kinds of accents in one episode. No one noticed. And she was like, what am I doing with my life? And she said to herself, what, in 20 years, are there going to be people on a podcast thing I just learned about in 2005 (laughs) that are going to be talking about this? Probably not, but she's wrong. (laughs) uh i could definitely see um you know like a uh fly a person in you've got one hour to knock out you know uh, um 15 episodes of this six episodes of this and you know like just bang them out and then uh like a director's being like uh isn't she supposed to be like southern or something Uh, just do southern you know and then you sort of get like a just like a mishmash Ugh, it just it just does not sound even kind of Southern to me. I don't want to be like, I don't want to come down on a voice actor who is very good, who's done a lot of work. But there's, so there's got to be a reason why this. Yeah, is just I agree. Bad. There's a reason. I just don't think that she was trying to do Southern. I think that she Listen, was she was fucking around. She works a lot. She's clearly very, very talented. I apologize for making fun of her. She is a legend, quite honestly. That being said, what the F is this accent? This is terrible. It, it is does terrible. not make any sense to me. Also, apparently, she was on 18 episodes of G.I. Joe Sigma 6, which means that of the 24 that exist, six have no Scarlet. That's what I just learned. Okay. Yeah, that checks out. Also in 2015, she played anime Conan O'Brien on the Conan O'Brien show. Yeah. Uh, and she's been playing April O'Neil for a very, and Ash Ketchum. She played both for a very, very long time. So look, uh, much respect to you and your 225 credits, Veronica Taylor. I just think they asked, listen, they asked you to do something that was not in your wheelhouse and you gave it a go. And here we are. Uh, I heard a story about Martin Short that uh, um, I heard a couple times uh, uh, on the Neil Brennan podcast where he's like when they were uh, uh, on SNL, he was uh, Neil Brennan was a writer there. Uh, They like pitched Martin Short on doing like an Australian accent. He was like, no, I don't do that. 
And like, what are you talking about? You're, you just do it, man. It's, it's, you know, it's just a thing. It'd be fun. It doesn't have to be great. It's like, no, I just don't do Australian accents. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? This guy's like a comedy legend. He could do whatever he wants. He's going to get a laugh. But like, uh, he just, I guess, just like knows that he, you know, he's tried it before and he's just not good at it. So he's not going to do it. And, uh, you know, like, uh, as a voice actor, maybe you just don't have that sort of, you know what, uh, opportunity to say like, no, I'm, I'm bad at, at, uh, Southern. So don't make me do Southern. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she was cast as Scarlett, <laughs> whose literal name is Scarlett O'Hara from Georgia, who hasn't uh, had an accent the entire goddamn. Yeah. Season. That's, that's the strangest point. thing. Since the character was created in the eighties. I like the idea that Martin Short's Australian accent is an equivalent to my wrestling dropkick. Just things that should never be. You just like always that. like to squeeze yes. in those stupid references, don't you? Uh, what do you mean? I references to Metallica songs from Master of Puppets? <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. So moving forward, starting up here, uh, Storm Shadow is infiltrating the G.I. Joe base. He approaches high tech in his hangar. And I thought for a second he was going to abduct high tech, uh, but he didn't. He just tried. I don't know what I I don't really understand what his goal was here. I didn't follow that except stealing the bike. But that seems like a secondary thing that happened after his uh, altercation with high tech. Can anybody (sighs) fill in details here for me? He uh, yeah, he wanted the secret of Sigma energy and like like held a knife to his throat to make him give it to him. But. That's kind of like, like, tell me how to build a super collider. Yeah, like, okay. If I have that information, I cannot impart it to you in this situ- situation. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, Storm Shadow, you're a ninja. You're not a super scientist. I could absolutely explain it to you right now, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna take that forward to your bosses. Okay. Uh, thank you. I thank you for filling that in for me because I was like, it doesn't seem like this was a good mission. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Actually, you know what? Hold up. Here, here's the line from Storm Shadow. The location of your Sigma energy. Where is it? I created it in a lab. Okay, so I guess he's looking for, um, you know, like, like a, where are the oil derricks, you know, so that I can steal your, you know, drink your milkshake or whatever. Huh, okay. Um, and then, uh, High Tech is like, I created it in a lab. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he Did he made these rocks in a lab? This, uh, I don't... Mm. No, I didn't, did. I didn't care for this. Yeah. Um, there, if, if, it's, if one thing uh, makes sense, then another thing breaks down. And then if that thing makes sense, then the first thing breaks down. So I don't right. know. It's, it's all bullshit. But I just assumed he was going to kidnap High Tech and like abduct yeah, him. That would but be no, he thing. just steals his bike. But thankfully, as Storm Shadow races away, High Tech yells to Snake Eyes, don't worry, I have two bikes. Chase him. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, this was Amazing. dumb. Very Super dumb. Super dumb. Very dumb. Did not like the conception of it. But I'm going to be honest. Uh, later on in the episode, I was like, you know what? This bike fight's pretty fucking cool. Paid off. It yes, lasted it so long, though. Well, no. The first part was sucked and I did not like it. But near the end, uh, they're doing some real fun stuff. And I was like, okay, uh, this part is cool. Yeah, Mm. this is a fairly disjointed episode, honestly, because now we cut over to Tunnel Rat eating a picnic basket full of hamburgers. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. so is this was this an established thing that he's like a big eater? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. He's an I, eater of things and an eater of gross things. Okay. I don't quite remember it, but I, but a, it's like a regular hamburger, right? It's not gross. It's a regular hamburgers. And Heavy Duty is fucking pissed. I don't know why he's so upset over Tunnel Rat just eating. Like, who was the dude in, in like the original series that cooked? Uh, Roadblock. That would be Heavy Duty's uncle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's got something to do with that. Maybe uh, he got molested by his uncle, and people oh people really oh going ham on food reminds Jesus him of that Christ. terrible. Wow. Where's Jim Caviezel when you need him? Oh my god. Um, I f- suspect um, because when I was watching it, I was like, wait, a minute, he's got a basket of like big white round things. Yeah, turnips or something. Um, I kind of thought this this was kind of a uh, um inside baseball anime joke because often uh, people will have um, like rice balls on a gear or something like that. Or like mm-hmm. dumplings. And, yeah. And then they'll be like, what are you doing with that uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And just like completely <laughs> ignore that. That's not what that shit is. But they're like, well, we can't uh, animate reanimate this fucking Asian food. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I think maybe it's sort of meant to kind of look like a, um, Something like that, like rice balls. Um, oh. and but it's fine to, because he's actually eating a hamburger in a white wrapper. So, um, yeah, you know, it, like it heavy plays. duty tries to like steal his hamburgers, and it's just like, what are we like? What? Why? Why? No, is this here's happening? the thing. I I get this. Like, if if this they they are at a place of work and they have set lunch hours, and it seems like this dude is lazy as fuck is probably constantly eating and every time heavy duty is like hey do this thing he's like yeah hang on i'm taking a break and heavy duty is like you get you get a 15 minute break every two hours and then you get an hour for lunch you really need to follow the rules here also you're leaving your greasy burger fingerprints all over my laptop okay okay yeah this is so weird because if you asked me um, if one of Gina's coworkers came up to me and, and relayed that very same, uh, you know, like, okay, so say, you know, you're like working in an office and someone is doing like this kind of thing. Uh, I would say like, oh, you're talking about Gina, right? <laughs> Gina's obviously the person with the greasy fingers, uh, like playing with your laptop. But also <laughs> we know that Gina is like, um, like a weirdly type A Tina Fey rules monger and would be angry at people that did something like that. And I don't know. I don't know what work Gina's like. <laughs> no, this is all accurate. And also, this is this is how Tina Fey was. Like, Tina Fey wanted to eat all the food on 30 Rock. Like, she was, she got, like, you know, she wanted hot dogs. She wanted her sandwich. She wanted her night cheese. Mm-hmm. I just think Gina's over here telling on herself. I think that there's, like, some sort of, like, honest moment where Gina needs the world to know how she's been behaving at work. <laughs> um and now this is how it comes out on this show yeah you should get your co-workers to listen to this uh so that they can hear your confession now uh, heavy duty uh, tries to steal the burgers from tunnel rat who jump who leaves you know and gets out into the open air with the basket at which point the eagle from spirit uh whose name is not billy f that his name is freedom i, I uh, do not understand this i do not understand <laughs> Like, like, okay, maybe rename him. Maybe at this point, like, I, I don't know. I don't remember when Freedom Fries became a thing, but maybe they were like, hey, Freedom has some like weird connotations these days. So let's change its name. And this to me feels like something where someone was like, okay, what's like, like Beaky, 
like uh like uh like hawk hawkman and someone was just like fucking billy and they were I like assumed, ah that's funny i assumed it was a predator reference no, uh, because the uh, uh, indigenous guy uh, uh, on the team there, his name is Billy. Well, that maybe it was that then. I don't. To be fair, two thousand five, it was a reflection on the uh, second Gulf War, if I remember right. So this is the time frame when Congress renamed French fries Freedom Fries because France would not engage with us in our unholy war in Iraq. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So you know, there's something there. Maybe I, I don't know. I will just say. Eagle steals the basket of food, takes it to Spirit, who starts eating the burgers, and I did not love that at all. I don't think Spirit, as a character, would steal food from another person and eat it in front of him. No, I just, this is why this is why I think this food guy is probably obnoxious. Like, well, like he's hundred percent obnoxious. He yes. probably like eats food all the time in front of Freedom Billy, and Freedom Billy is like staring at him, like, huh? huh like give me some man and that like fucking pig just eats every last crumb licks the wrapper and then like throws it in the trash so that billy can't have any Again, i do 100 believe like that happens Gina's yeah. just talking about herself <laughs> she's also yes that is a fact uh to be fair gina was sitting here she's probably jealous that an eagle did not bring her a basket of hamburgers today yeah <laughs> yeah this i can see sense. gina in her old age taking up falconing just so that she can <laughs> steal burgers from kids. Oh yeah. I would. Although like if I make it to old age, I would just steal shit from kids anyway. And then if, if like someone got annoyed, I would be like, Oh no, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what I was doing. Gina, what do you mean? <laughs> if you make Billy. it to old age, Gina, nobody <laughs> takes less risks in this life than you. What? That's the meanest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Listen, if somebody tells me somebody from this show went whitewater rafting, no part of me thinks it was Dude, TV's Gina Ippolito. I have been whitewater rafting multiple times. One was right after a class five storm when we were actually told that it was quite dangerous and that if we flipped, we could die. And we, in fact, flipped. I remembered the rules where he said, normally, if like you're normally whitewater rafting and you flip, you just go with the flow until someone picks you up. But this time you're going to have to swim for your goddamn life. And I swam for my goddamn life. And then a couple months later, I went whitewater rafting again. I do whatever. I was actually thinking about this the other day because I was thinking if someone asked me on a submarine, I would have probably been like, yeah, all right. And would not have looked into it at all and would have died. <laughs> So you're um, just saying you make bad decisions is what I'm just hearing. No, you. what she's saying went... is that she has $250,000 just laying around. <laughs> that no, I know. In this scenario, I was assuming I met a rich guy like two days ago and he was like, do you want to come on my submarine? And I was like, yeah, all right, I guess. You know, the worst thing for you would be meeting a rich guy right now. <laughs> I'm not and trying to say would... anything about anything. I'm just saying, you would... I, yes, you would be dead in a year. Some weird rich dude was like, yeah, I want you to come into my tin can where you cannot escape. And we're just going to spend hours listening to Celine Dion. And you'd be like, yeah, all right, <laughs> she'd do it. She'd do it in a heartbeat. Well, we have talked multiple times how in high school we like you could take gym class or you could do a thing called Project Adventure, which involved what? zip lining across the football field. And what? We've talked about this, and then you guys make fun of me, like, because you're like, oh, what rich fucking high school did you go to that mm-hmm. had a zip that's, line? That no, you like zip lined from yep. your house down across the valley <laughs> 
to your helicopter pad that you then took to high school. <laughs> so you could spit on the people below you twice. That was my understanding. And we had like one of those like several hundred feet up logs that sticks out of the ground and you have a bar in front of you and you jump and try and catch it. And then we had one of those you know, like one of those wire courses high in the trees in the forest that you have to make what? it from one side to the other without falling. I did that shit every time it came up. I was like, yeah, I'd rather do that than just normal gym class. Who would choose normal gym class? Like literally well, eventually, who? like you've done them so many times that you're like, eh, I, I'm going to skip it this time. Eventually you've zip lined over <laughs> your town so often that you just can't be bothered. This is the very grounded uh, Gina Ippolito that we all know and love, who is not what? at all entitled. People have zip lines. <laughs> I'm just saying, if there's so, if there's one person on this show who takes risks, it's me. You guys drinking nine bottles of soda a day does not not a oh, risk taker make, sir. I mean, yeah, according to the uh, Surgeon General, he definitely is. <laughs> Gina, what does a banana even cost? Like ten dollars? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so Duke is now chasing Baroness. I didn't really get any vibe for why. We just know that he is. Uh, Baroness is in an airship, and she's on the way to collect the rock, the signal she's, rock. She's in a battleship that uh, is the weakest goddamn vehicle in in the multiverse. Yes. Like yeah. a, a stiff wind knocks that thing over, blows out the engines, and it's real disappointing because the thing looks cool as hell. Yes, it she's does. sitting in it like a boss ass alien uh um warlord. Yeah. And then some someone comes along and goes like Ptui! and all of a sudden, oh god, yeah. we're but going we'll, down. Robert, we'll get there when we get there. I have a problem with the design of this ship and how they choose to use it, because there are mistakes made by Cobra here. For sure. But let's go here to a decent plan by Cobra. We're in the swamps. We're in the marsh or we're in the swampland. So they drop a shell on the ground that doesn't hit any of the Joes. And the Joes are like, haha, what a bad shot. Then it starts shooting mud everywhere, which allows for none of the G.I. Joe vehicles to like get where they're going. It bogs down all the and this is a this is great. This is a great tactic. It's smart. It has historical uh, precedence. As far as fighting tanks goes, you lure them into a swampy area where they get stuck. Uh, I, I liked this premise a lot. It's and called like, The Liquidator. That was and dumb. I had some very <laughs> unfortunate flashbacks the last week of my life. No, I'm not going to say it. You can feel free to go listen to the last episode to find out uh, how many times The Liquidator got so used on me. And it was a lot. <laughs> it was a rough. lot. Yeah, we've been there already. No need to rehash that. Uh, for those of you uh, who are interested, uh, it didn't end. It kept going. <laughs> and there were uh, multiple nights where I got no sleep because of said things happening. I'm, uh, I didn't know it was I, multiple I... nights. Nope. The 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 this like mud plot goes on for way too long, in my opinion. Like, no, hold on, because Gina, I do have to ask the question of Chan before we move forward. Uh, did that stop any tanks from uh, going into your uh, uh, your condo? I have to assume. Yeah, uh, I have Good to strategy. assume that if um, any uh, German Panzer divisions wandered by and were looking to invade uh, the Sudeten land, they'd be like, "Holy God, let's keep moving." Maybe uh, we'll run into France. 
Did you did you check and see if there are any skinny white boys still trapped out there? (laughs) I I assumed that you would uh, clean those up for me. That is (laughs) a great point. It's a great point. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. G.I. Joe Sigma-6, Mission Dragonhawk. Duke, we're surrounded by management. No problem. Send in the Dragonhawk. Missiles away! Drop deploying now! Packings delivered! There's too many of them! Will Sigma 6 defeat Cobra? You can go to GIJo.com to find out! Dragonhawk vehicles and figures sold separately. Batteries not included. Figures do not actually speak. Ask a parent before going online. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Um, okay, so Gina, yes, you are correct. This bit, they needed a reason to have most of the Joe team off the table, so this is it. So they have a very hard time with this mud through most of the episode until we need them as cavalry. So uh, all the scanners are blocked uh, for whatever reason. Spirit and Long Rage uh, need to go and get the Baroness. They need to go get the stone. So the two of them are off on their own adventure. Uh, meanwhile, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are doing bikes on a bridge. And they play a giant game of chicken and they crash into each other. And it was pretty bad. It was pretty well, rough. No, they don't crash into each other. Fucking Snake Eyes gets murked and Storm Shadow's still on his bike. Excuse me. Well, Storm Shadow gets on his bike and moves away. Didn't they both go down, though? Like it was in a no. moment from Akira? There was like a... And then when the smoke cleared, uh, uh, Snake Eyes is just like standing and uh, Storm Shadow's on his bike, just like vroom, vroom, vroom. See, I, I like this. I like this a lot because when dealing with Storm Shadow, you want to respect the character, which yeah. means that he needs to go 500 against Snake Eyes most of the time, right? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. he's a piece of garbage. I so, do like it. Yeah, you have encounters. Give Storm Shadow all the early encounters. This is Wrestling Psychology 101, so that way Snake Eyes can come back and triumph in the end, but... If this was Deke era, Snake Eyes would win every single encounter, which is why in Deke era, they had to put Storm Shadow on the same team as Snake Eyes. <laughs> uh, it's just simple booking, everybody. This, you know, please. That's how we do. Uh, Tunnel Rat. Okay, I did not like this at all. Tunnel Rat. We're cutting back to the rhino uh, stuck in the mud. Uh, Tunnel Rat has taken all the explosives from inside the vehicle and took off. And when in this military operation, Duke says, hey, Tunnel Rat, <laughs> Thank why you. did you take all of the explosives? His response is just, you'll see. No, idiot. This is a military operation, and you need to tell me so we can prepare for what you are about to do. I'm your fucking boss. I'm your boss. <laughs> this is ostensibly still a military organization, right? Nah, Let's pretend. They, they, run it, they run it real loose over it's there. Loose. Yeah, it's loose. Yeah, you're right. It's loose. It's not, shouldn't be this loose, right? Uh, I don't, and this fits perfect in the anime. In an anime world, this makes a lot of sense. This is where the marriage of these two concepts butts heads a little bit in my mind. Because never should an inferior officer, for less lack of a better term, uh, tell his boss, you'll see what I do, I guess. 
<laughs> just tell him. Just tell him you have a plan. Just uh, I, I, this upset me a lot. Also, they're fucking explosives. It's not like a, hey, what are you doing with that fly swatter? Yeah. Uh, you'll see. Yeah. He just took a shit ton of boom booms and it's like, I'll be back. Like, no, no, you fucking tell me what's happening here because that is not safe for yeah. anybody. We need to plan. Um, cut back to uh, Cobra needs to drain the swamp. And I just assumed they were going to call Jim Caviezel. Bring him in. Drain the swamp. And and move along your your merry way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, so they uh, um uh got uh, what do they call them subsonic wave casters. Yes. Um, they turn them on, and basically the water turns to steam. So basically, they just got a bunch of fucking heaters. But they're calling them subsonic wave casters for reasons. I was into that. What I wasn't into was this overly long sequence where a computer, for whatever reason, scans like every member of the Joe team and then comments about them. Uh, no. Like, how that, much padding do we need to do in this episode? That I'm fine with. That is, uh, we've we've talked about this before. That's sort of the uh, uh, Rambo headband thing. Like, uh, um, oh, okay. this okay. is your powering up moment. And it, it doubles as a toy uh, commercial. Like a uh, super dude, look at his awesome abs, and he's got mag- magical bracelets that shoot lasers. Um, I know Rick and Morty is very problematic, but I really do wish they'd use your voice for an action figure commercial with all of the pauses and stammering, because I just think that matches the tone of the show. Look, Justin Roiland is gone. I'm happy to step in for him. Are you going to play Morty? Um, I, I want to uh, go back, though, because... There is the bit where we're again dealing with um, uh, the indigenous uh, spirit, and we're in this weird space. Also, regarding the uh, Sigma suit, last episode he was like, "Fuck you, I don't do technology." Oh, yeah, that's right. And now oh, yeah. he's all just like, "All right, I'll put that shit on. Great, let's go. Um, let's have a moment where he's like, you know what, this this situation demands it. I will, you know, figure out how to do this." Um, that would imply the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. (laughs) Um, who is it? Someone is like, uh, 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 I think it's long ranges. My scanners are all blocked. And then here comes, uh, the mystical one who's connected to the earth. And his deal is how can you find the Baroness without a scanner? I do have a scanner. It has wings. Yeah. I also didn't like when later he says, uh, Billy told me where she was with the wind. Yeah. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Shut yeah, up. Yeah. That's so dumb. Mm-hmm. That's so like, I get it. Like, you know, uh, he's, he's a mystical native American character. It's a very common trope for a long time. I don't think we really do it anymore. Uh, uh, thankfully, no, uh, sure hopefully, but uh, yeah, it was this part, uh, all the spirit. Usually like when spirit was, was slapping in Sunbow. He was basically Snake Eyes' equivalent and a very yeah. interesting character and treated very, very respectfully. And I liked Spirit in the original series a lot. We get him here. He's using his bird to steal hamburgers and he's being talked to uh, by the wind. And I just, it just doesn't slap the same way for me. Uh, for every episode uh, that you have to watch, with spirit in it, <laughs> you should watch an episode of Reservation Dogs Thank to you. Uh, yeah. to balance it out karmically. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, yes, go do it. Uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow fighting on a bridge. Uh, Snake Eyes escapes on a bike. That's what I got written down here. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't start uh, uh, getting real good yet. No, nah, they're a, just sparring. It's fine. It's whatever. Yeah. And now they Cobra has moved a giant rock or something to reveal the Sigma <laughs> Stone is at the bottom of a lake. And GI Joe's anal no um, whose analysis? Somebody's analysis confirms that it's a Sigma Stone. What analysis are you doing? There's no analysis happening here. No. I think it was GI Joe from a distance to confirm it, or it was Cobra. Either way, no one's running analysis at all. I, I really hate the use of that word analysis in here. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 literally when a when an anti-vaxer says, "I've researched that." Oh, have you? Oh, have you done peer review? You don't know what the word means. You're not capable of analysis. You're not capable of research in this regard. Stop saying it. You didn't analyze it, but the plot tells us that, yes, we we can't really debate it. This is the Sigma Stone. Let me get off my soapbox. <laughs> What's going on with that mud? Still trapped. Now, Operation so Stone Grab... They've just announced the, the 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 mission has a name now. Operation Stone Grab announced halfway through the episode. Send in Snake Eyes to get the stone. Send in one guy when there's an entire platoon in there. Now he is Snake Eyes, so what the heck? Snake Eyes I mean, turns his motorcycle into hover mode. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh he was sent out to retrieve the other motorcycle. Um he yes you know, uh, almost accomplishes it. They, at the last second, pull him out to go do another thing. They do. He also successful, successfully executes. Like, why do we need the rest of the fucking team? It's really just a one man show. Yeah. This is Jack Bauer in 24, basically. Uh, Snake guys, but bike goes in hover mode. He grabs the stone. I don't know if that happens now or later, but he grabs it. Uh, and he, uh, 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 no, he doesn't get it yet. Excuse me. I'm totally wrong. Uh, but the bike is now in hover. Now, the rhino that all the other Joes are in is about to go under the mud. Thankfully, Tunnel Rat has not enough bombs. His plan is to bomb underneath the rhino. Instead of destroying the vehicle, which is what would happen here, it's to propel it up and out of the mud That's so it can plan. then land back in the mud and get stuck again. I don't know what his plan is exactly. It's a bad one. Whatever it's it is, not good. They're just trying to. They're just trying to do shit until the mud dries up. They're just like, mm -hmm. let's keep trying stuff, you guys, because I'm bored. I'm very yeah, bored. <laughs> Eventually, the mud will dry. <laughs> yeah, but they can connect the chopper that sits on top of the rhino and use the blade. So the oh, plan is, boy. the plan is to put explosives under the rhino, which is not enough to really get it out, but it will shoot it up in the air enough that the chopper blade will pull it forward and allow it to like move a little bit to get out of the mud. Now in my brain, I don't think this should work. The plan here is to go back the old find your fate books. Yeah. <laughs> dig up the tank that's connected to a helicopter that's connected to a motorcycle. That is correct. Turn it into the ultimate GI Joe vehicle. 
Patrons, you got to go listen to Operation Weapons Disaster. You really find your Facebook. That is essential listening at this point. So bad. Go get it uh, out of our Patreon vault. Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Get in there. Um, Yeah, it totally works, though. This plan absolutely works. And Tuttle Rat is left stranded outside of the vehicle as they take off. And they're like, we'll come back for you never. Oh, wait, they say we'll come back for you later. But in my head, I'm like, I would never come back for Tunnel Rat. And they didn't. And they didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, everybody forgot about him. It's wonderful. It is. Uh, also, here's, uh, I believe, funny. another point where I was like, Jesus Christ, her fucking accent. So I know that this is one of her oh, lines. Stick it. Stick it. Hey, the Sigma system is bypassing all controls to permit takeoff while remaining attached. Revving up main chopper motor now. That's at least kind of Cajun. Like, that's getting in the neighborhood. It is feeling a little Cajun, which is n- not what she's supposed to be sounding like, like. It's closer than the Australian bullshit she was this, doing before. This is what I'm telling you. It changes at least four times in this episode. <laughs> and I don't know. I like I it's it feels like a drinking game. It feels like a drinking game that you're doing with your buddies that at some point during the night, someone can just yell change and everyone has to all of a sudden do some sort of stupid accent. I am too lazy to do it, but I would love it if somebody made a super cut of all of Scarlett's lines from this episode (laughs) back to back so you could just hear them all in a row with no interruption because I bet that would be a howl. Maybe I'll do it. I don't know. It's a lot of work. (laughs) It seems like a lot of work. It's a lot. That's that's my... uh, that's my risk that I take. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, anyway, uh, Spirit doesn't. Uh, th- I like this, too. Spirit's just wrong because I, Spirit uh, doesn't think long range is able to. OK, uh, Cobra gets Cobra gets the stone. OK, Cobra gets the stone here. They have it inside their vehicle. And for whatever reason, they put it at the very bottom of the vehicle in a surrounded by glass windows, you can see through from the outside uh, area in a, in a chamber that you I mean, can also see, shit, also gotta, see through glass. I mean, you, you steal like a, a fucking Rolex watch. What are you going to do? Put it in a box? No, you can wear that thing. You'd be like, check this <laughs> shit out. I'm I wanted Baroness to put it in the bottom of a Barbasol can and keep it next to her throne in a safe section of the ship. Also, she's usually the level-headed one. Like yes. she, like she would. This seems like a real Cobra Commander move, where old Baroness would be like Cobra Commander. May I suggest putting it into a safe spot? Well, that was that really was good better Baroness. than uh, than all the Scarlet accents that happened <laughs> yeah. in this episode. That was pretty good. Not gonna lie. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I think uh, she got you know the 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 battleship thing, and she's like. All right, where do I put the uh, uh, the stone when I'm, once I retrieve it? And like you, you put it here in this uh, giant uh, glass pop bubble. Wow! Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why don't I just put it inside like a locker somewhere? I should like, really <laughs> cast you as twin vampires in my next <laughs> series. I'm just saying, like this is incredible. Y'all didn't. Y'all have never shared these talents with me before. This is wild. Um, uh, wait, it does have. Uh, uh, what is it? Is it Superman three? Uh, uh, where he like where he gives up his powers. There's like the scene where he's like chatting with Lois Lane and he shows her his his uh, uh, cave and gives her a crystal and then he's like come on follow me and she like has the crystal in her hand and she's like oh oh and then she just like stuffs it next to her in the snow 
So that later on when when Superman is powerless and he's like walking around and he's like, damn, I wish I had a crystal. He like finds it in the snow and it's like, oh, great. I can be Superman again. No one remembers this. No, I, <laughs> I blocked out many. Superman what the movies. hell? No, nope. this All is, I remember oh, this is, is original Pryor. Superman, not like one of the newer bad ones. You know, I will say I need to do a rewatch. I feel yeah, like that is just great. I just don't remember any of it. You just um, say. Superman three is one of the good Supermans. Yeah, yeah. Of the original, not. it's a Christopher Ooh. Reeves Superman, and no, no, he one, like gets depowered. One and two are good. Three and four are execrable. <sighs> I don't. I don't like this podcast anymore. I am, I'm not in the wrong on this one. <laughs> yeah, I think history sides with Chan as far as Superman movies go. Although four is considerably considered worse than three. Yes, for the right. record. Now I did not. That is the problem. I really didn't like long range trying to set up his sniper shot as the sniper of the GI Joe team, AKA he'd be an excellent sniper. One of yeah. the literal best in the world and yeah. spirits negging him. And oh. like, I don't think you can hit this. And I'm like, again, this is not a character. All I need is one shot at that stone. I'll be more impressed after you hit your target. No, Spirit I, does no. not neg people. That is against his character. No, That's no. Not I, I actually think if you look at this as like a, you know, like original Spirit, if someone was bragging, I think would say would say something along the lines of like, you know, a smart man is someone who doesn't brag until after it's the, the mission no. is accomplished. I disagree with you completely. I think he would wait to see if he did it and if he was able to accomplish it, He'd nod with respect, and if he failed, then he would give him a line about braggadocio. I think no, that's I, th- I think he is. would. I think it, this is a teachable moment to like never be cocky. Basically, he was been cocky all fucking the episode. episode. Yeah, exactly. I just yeah, stole your fucking do burgers. As he what are you says, do about not it? as he does. <laughs> that's not who this character is. I'm so mad. Uh, also, there's a whole lot of clouds for like for no good reason. There's a whole like cloud cover preventing the sniper shot. Oh yeah, uh, well no, that is actually it's because they uh, drained the swamp. Oh okay. Oh yes, you're yeah. right. Okay. Well, anyways, Spirit throws an axe in the air and disperses all of it. <laughs> what is happening? That's how you That's do it. That's wild. Yeah. The sniper shot absolutely hits. Not only knocking the stone out of its holding case, but out the bottom of the airship. What is happening? On this airship, that is some of the worst design. And why would you put the important artifact there that you're trying to retrieve that's important? Again, Uh, Barbasol can next to the throne in the room no one can see. I'm going to agree with you 100%. Every single thing you are saying is true. That being said, thing goes flying. Snake Eyes is like, I got this. Boom. Out of nowhere. Friggin' Storm Shadow ganks it, and honestly, I was like, shit, that was pretty cool. It was the best moment of the entire episode, so I forgive it a little bit, but Storm Shadow coming in 11th hour, upside down motorcycle, to grab it before Snake Eyes can get it. Upside down hover motorcycle. Fresh. Does any of that make sense? No. No. It is dope as hell. Like, I mean, I, I am an old man now. I have seen cool things. I am very jaded, and the fact that for just a brief moment, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. That that shit worked. It was Sorry. good. I also like long range immediately turning around being like, I'm going to bring down this airship with a handful of sniper shots. 
The, and okay, and, and, and it kind of almost worked. Me being angry that these battle cruisers are so fucking weak because the last time they took it down with like a bunch of pistols. Yeah, that was bad. That why was are bad. you even flying that goddamn thing? Why don't just take fucking hang gliders? It seems like right. you have a better chance of getting away. No, you like that long range uh, was not able to accomplish this lofty goal because Baroness is competent and she says, let's carpet bomb the entire area where he's shooting from and stop this nonsense right here. Uh, and it's a good plan. There is a moment when spirit and long range are like, if they do another run of bombing, we will die here today. Yeah. I, I Baroness being competent is my, uh, you know, that's my milk of uh, uh, magnesia. Like I'm here for it. The thing that makes you poop. <laughs> yes. I pooped a lot after watching this episode, guys. Yeah, You're okay. That's healthy. Um, but what comes is the cavalry, the rhino, ladies and gentlemen. It has appeared on scene after being missing the whole episode, shooting a bunch of missiles at the airship, knocking out, excuse me, goddamn, knocking out the weapon systems of the airship so they cannot do their next uh, round of bombing. Baroness, realizing she's a sitting duck, runs away. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with all of this sequence. That was okay to me. Yeah, yeah. As much as I'm like... I hate like the cavalry arriving uh, kind of moment. Like eh, this was okay. Yeah. The, the, this like was the fine. back end of this episode all was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, good. Like, is, it, is it because the rest of the episode is boring though? <laughs> <laughs> I've contended for this entirety and Gina, we've disagreed on this. I think Sigma six overall so far has been not good. I think it has been uh, like they're, 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 they dip into the anime a little harder than I would like them to, but the show gives us cool moments. Like it knows how to do set pieces. It knows how to do high points. It Wait, knows how to do my that. Whole, was my whole thing? It's not that bad. It's just kind of boring. I guess it was. <laughs> uh, but like uh, around this time is when we get like the what I thought was a really cool ninja uh motorcycle fight um and again usually that's not really my cup of tea but i was getting into it uh i thought they were doing some cool stuff and i was like i was feeling some genuine tension like who is going to win here because we finally set up uh, like a, a conflict where we don't know the outcome right where it's not a goddamn uh hulk hogan match like who could win this thing and they all go flying off the edge and like uh, snake eyes saves his life. Okay. Hold um, on here because uh storm shadow intelligently throws a shuriken at a wheel of a semi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which then gets in the way of snake eyes and diverts him to a different path on the freeway uh, bridge. It's a never ending bridge that they're on, on the freeway. He goes a different way and it's like, okay, he wins. He gets away. Then snake eyes goes to hover mode and gums over the wall in hover mode and takes a sword to storm shadows bike. Um, and then somehow the freeway ends. Like it's that moment from speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, where they, <laughs> they're just on a freeway that other cars are on and it just ends like over a cliff. What? <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. This is a normal freeway. There are no signs. 
There are no barriers. They just keep going till it just ends. Like it's a Wiley Coyote cartoon. I did not care for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I at this point, Snake Eyes does save Storm Shadow, who's flying over the edge. Uh, at, and the two land relatively hurt but safe. And Storm Shadow leaves the stone and says, "You saved my life. You didn't have to." I give you the stone as repayment. I consider us even. That's a fantastic character. Yeah. That is a character moment I am here for. Yeah. I got no complaints about any of this part. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Sigma Six, you're doing some things right. And then the mission's over. Everybody forgot Tunnel Rat. We cut the Tunnel Rat at the end who's hungry. And he's in the swamp. And they're just he's just like, no one's coming for me. And they're all <laughs> like, let's get him tomorrow, I guess. Fuck him. <laughs> and I'm dying. And that's it. That's it. G.I. Joe Sigma 6 is jungle, or is it race? It's probably race. But somebody screwed up. Wait, did you say he's still stuck in the mud? Yes. He's an old stuck in the mud, if you know what I mean. Oh, shit. I mean, he's going to die out there is what I think. Wait, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chan, what? What now? He's going to die out there. (laughs) That is that is not what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have some questions later. Anyway, that is Knowing is Half the Podcast, Sigma 6, Episode 7, Jungle, or is it race? A decent episode. I would say of all the Sigma Sixes we've watched, this might be the best episode no, because it presented us the, the most high points. They were so long ago. Yeah, we got to do more Sigma Six. Come on, Chan. Stop we... making Gina go out of town. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have like a run of them because uh, I had to move some stuff around. And so now I think we got like three in a row. I don't know. If okay. I, can take that. I think the people are craving more Sigma Six. I think I the mean, people how much deserve. more can there possibly be? It's probably almost over. Uh, 24 dozens, episodes, Gina. Unfortunately, dozens. that'll be season seven and eight of Knowing is Half the Podcast. And then we got to start all over from the very beginning. No, we have like three more series of G.I. Joe to go after. And that. live action movies. Don't forget live action movies. And live action movies. And we are we watching there, those or I will murder you both. Of course, we're watching those. What are you talking about? Plus an episode devoted to YouTube uh, clips of G.I. Joe fan made content, which I'm working on right now. We've got some shit to get through. We have a lot. We still have Renegades. We still have Resolute. We still have live action movies. We still have season two and most of season one of G.I. Joe Sigma Six. Y'all, we're not going anywhere is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, Chan. Chan just wants to. Chan is Chan is a spirit who's been cursed to walk the universe until <laughs> until he has watched all no. episodes of G.I. Joe. We we then can his soul rest we push this to its absolute limit with honestly both both of you not me i'm here uh both of you i can't believe you're still here but here no, we go i am still here because i can't start a thing and not finish it yeah that's otherwise t- it will drive me true. crazy chan you're still is here chan because is a you get work spirit. from this okay true i'm here it's a ton of work from this because I can't face my real life. <laughs> yeah. I just, the real test is going to be when we finish and we have a choice of going back and doing Sunbow again. 
that's that's the new game plus moment that we determine who's still on board. I mean, I think, listen, it's been well established. I think that we will all be unloved in a nursing home together, still recording episodes of G.I. Joe. But now I have another front runner for the for my theory, which is that we finish the last episode of whatever the most recent G.I. Joe is at that point. Yeah. And then we say, uh, all right, well. I'll talk to you guys later. And then we never talk to each other again or ever speak of this. <laughs> oh my God. It's just something that was 12 years of our life. And then at some point someone says, Hey, do you still host that podcast? And you say, what podcast? Oh, what's a podcast. <laughs> Every episode gets removed. It's as if the show never happens. Oh God. Every episode gets removed is even almost too dark for me. <laughs> Although I do live in final const- suit, I do live in constant fear that something that I said seven years ago will come back to bite me in the ass. <laughs> no, I'm saying you go to finalsuit.com and you can access every episode. <laughs> oh God! Not on any podcast app, just finalsuit.com. This is the only reason I haven't run for president yet. <laughs> That's it. I feel like there's probably a couple more. No, it's just old episodes of GI Joe where I'm worried that I was too harsh against the military. <laughs> that doesn't look good for a presidential <laughs> candidate. I, for the record, have been pro-military this entire time. For the record, <laughs> just want everybody to know that when the insurrection happens, just know I'm on your side, troops. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, anything you guys want to plug before we get out of here today? Meh. Uh, go to New Rock Stars, I guess, and watch some videos. Uh, Gina, are you still doing the live show, the break room? Three I will be PM? on it tomorrow. Uh, that doesn't dis- help anybody listening to this show. Discussing. <laughs> they can go back and watch it once it's yeah, been true. taped. Uh, but yeah, li- live show tomorrow, which is Friday, which now you can go back and see the recorded version of what was a live show where I will be discussing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Now, I will say. This helps. This is true. Look for when Gina will be on the new Rockstars break room from 3 to 4 p.m. any weekday. Could be literally any day. Find out, go in there, and then just comment the F out of, we love Gina, more Gina. Uh, Gina made a great point. Just pro-Gina <laughs> commentary, and that helps her get on the show more often. It does. It keeps her employed. I wish I was kidding. I did it, and it actually had a result. <laughs> I think I was on the show three times that week, mainly because of Ray. I was told yeah. immediately afterwards, people love Gina. And then yeah. when I looked, it was literally just Ray. <laughs> it was just me. Because I people remember, it. listen, people, psychology, people remember the comments and how many there were, not how many people, different people made them. So I, I think this is a challenge to the entire Knowing Is Half the Podcast audience help Gina out. Let's keep her employed <laughs> at least until the next writing gig happens after the writer's strike is over. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> the sad part is with all the strikes going on, that new GI Joe show probably still in production. Probably nothing changed. Yeah. Although to be fair, animated shows take very long anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. You can, of course, catch us on Facebook.com slash Knowing is Half the Podcast. Uh, shockingly active lately. I love it. Hey, now that Twitter's no longer a thing, 
Facebook is back, everybody. Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Uh, find me on threads. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and uh, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. We have a super secret vault with over 500 plus episodes of this show. If you can even believe it. Listen, if you just discovered this show and you're like, boy, I wish I had enough episodes to last me the next 10 years. Go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast and we will give it to you. You can have, and then ideally you listen to a show we recorded like seven, eight years ago and then tweet or that's not a thing anymore. Thread at us or go to the Facebook group and bring up specific points that we will never remember. Never will we remember those points. Otherwise, on social media, you can find us on the Twitter.com at G.I. Joe Podcast. But individually, I'm getting off of Twitter. I'm on threads at Almighty Ray 316. Uh, I'm wandering around the street. You can find me. I'm the dude with the weird hair. That's fun. I'm at Gina Ippy and wandering around the street. But don't come up to me. I will bite you. I'm not wandering around the streets because I don't want to see you in public. I'd rather stay home and play video games. Wherever Cobra strikes, wherever they attack, G.I. Joe will fight. There's no turning back. G.I. Joe is there. Sigma Six! Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.